question. Oh, snap. Oh, my Here we are. I like it. All right, we're in. Mm. It's going to be a good one. I think so. I might start dancing. I don't know. Dude, I'm telling you, bro. This this built-in mm. sound. Come on now. I got my coffee. Yeah, I'll be here all day. So, this mm. music is stupid, but we got nothing better. We're in here, episode number five. Let's go. Wait, you're the fifth. We're the, we're the fifth episode. Dude. Um, yeah, so this is uh, Chris. Tell us about yourself. I am originally from New Hampshire, so Howley. Um, here with the Coast Guard. Been here. I, ho- hold on. Hold on. <laughs> We do, do we not say what? Howley on this podcast? No, we can, but... I, I know th- some people get offended by that. I thought we had an understand. Oh. Didn't we have a... Didn't somebody talk about... Dude. Didn't we have a conversation about Dude. this? Oh, no. <laughs> it was a woman that I brought from my job. I, I told her, I said, you should come. And it was funny. The first time she came, you guys had... Uh, Matt was preaching. Guess, excellent guess, preacher. Excellent my pastor. Preacher. I love excellent. that guy. And he uh, he was guest speaking. So she was already a little like, well, this isn't the this isn't the, the pastor that you told me was going to be here. I said, I know. But it's cool. But it's funny that two days prior to that Sunday, she was telling me a story about how she'd been trying all these different churches on island. And the last one she went to, she was extremely offended because the pastor said, I'm a Howley. And she was just like, I'm done. Done. I got to find a new church. So I told her, yeah, come check out mine. I love it. I'm getting involved. I helped him move in, all this stuff. It's great. You'll love it. Small. She's like, I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there. She drove all the way from Eva, which isn't that bad. But she, uh, she came and two seconds into Matt's sermon, he's bringing up a story about something. He's like, you know what's Howie's? And I immediately look at her, pan over, and there she slowly just growls and just picks up her phone and she's done. Just totally oh, done. The rest of the sermon. The rest of the I was like, yep, she's done. She ain't coming back. She did come back though. That's awesome. when I told her that you would be preaching the next weekend. I'm not Howie, but. That's not that offensive. Well, I didn't even know that that was a thing, that people got offended by that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Until she told me. Well, I didn't know either. Yeah. I've lived here forever. Yeah. I'm 33 years old. Yeah. I embrace it, dude. Yeah. You should. <laughs> so, Chris, my Holly brother. Yeah. Anyway, like I was saying, uh, originally from New Hampshire, here with the Coast Guard. Been here about two and a half years. Um, yeah. I uh, found your guys' church through a mutual friend of mine, my best friend David. We... Uh, Saw you preach in Eva at Harbor, I think. Yeah, oh, at the, yeah. At the Eva one. We saw yeah, you guess, like, uh, preach there once, and we, him and I were going there for a while, like, you know, month and a half or so consistently. Um, saw you there, and then, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. I, I loved the way you preached and found out that you were starting a uh, church, and I was like, yeah, I got to get involved because this is kind of like how Micah said in the previous episode, getting plugged in is mm. huge, and I definitely needed that at that time yeah. in my life. Like just coming to Hawaii, getting plugged in. Yeah. Dude. So what was life like in the Shire? <laughs> the, Shire Bro, the Shire. It's beautiful there because it's, you know, the four seasons. I like that. Here, you know, you get the same weather, which is great. That's awesome. But over there, man, it's it's a lot of people. Most people don't even know it's a state, first of all. When I tell people I'm from New Hampshire, they're like, so you're from Boston? Sure. So I got in this rhythm where whenever somebody would ask me where I'm from, be like, yeah, I'm from Boston. But um, it's, yeah, it's it's nice, dude. But I don't know. I mean, it's. It's not here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love it here. Yeah. I love it here. Us and our, we do have multiple seasons, though. You do. But, I, I mean, mean, I feel like, I don't know. I've only been here two and a half years, but I guess there there are, like, rainy seasons, right? I mean, well, kind of. there's a sun goes down at 530 yeah. versus sun goes down at 7. <laughs> yeah. I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I love it. It's like every day it's basically, you know, 80 degrees. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, where I am in, like, the Sand Island area, it's like it never rains for yeah. the most part you know your, kailua it, it rains yeah what was your favorite season wait hold on hold on back up i don't have sound effects yet oh i don't, I don't know where to put them but we gotta back up you you live in sand island i do all i've known about bro sand we island, could do a whole podcast on the chronicles of sand island i don't even have that good of personal stories other people i know at work do but that place is bro it's I, like i feel bad for the guys that Get sent in the Coast Guard, and the first place they see from the airport is that drive from the airport to Sand Island. It's like, this is Hawaii. That's my reaction when I got here. I'm like, bro, I'm going to see some cool ridges. I'm going to, you know, the the beaches, bro. (laughs) Bro. (laughs) I was like, this is where I'm going to be for the next two and a half years, dog. Bro, that's what I thought when you told me you're from Sand Island. Like, you live in Sand Island. That's <laughs> yeah, it. I got a nice van. I got, actually yeah. I got a nice CRV that I live out of. Yeah, yeah. Sun's I'm, I'm a pastor. When you told me, I, I'm not allowed to laugh. 
My bro, inside, I was like, oh my God. I only got bad memories bro, in Staten Island. You know, I mean, what, what's your bad memories? Bro, I got... Sh- I thought you were about to say I got shot there for a second. I never got shot. Um, but when I was like eight years old, I went to Staten Island for a camping thing. Mm. And I had strep throat like a little while before that. Yeah. Well, that strep throat turned into rheumatic heart fever. Jeez, bro. And so at Staten Island, I couldn't walk. And I stopped being able to walk and had to go into the emergency room. Yeah. They did a bunch of tests and found out that, yeah, that's what I had. And so Jeez. it attacked my nervous system. Couldn't couldn't walk for a while. So, Bro. yeah. Now I understand why you don't like Sand Island. Well, not only that, but <laughs> it just... looks not great. <laughs> <laughs> it looks not awesome. Bro, I, what I like about it is that when I get out of work at one o'clock, which is, you know, praise God for that. Yeah. I can just get in my car or if I wasn't so lazy, I could walk or run. But I can just get out, hook a left. And in two seconds, I'm at the beach. That's not, not the a nicest, beach. That's it's not a beach. A beach. It, hey, man, I'm coming from New Hampshire. To me, I was like, this is cool, man. I could two seconds. I'm at a beach. That's a beach to me. I mean, uh, maybe not here. Right? Yes, I would call that at the bottom of the the totem pole of beaches in Oahu. Bro, but, bro you got a nice picturesque view of uh, of of a uh, diamond head. It's not that bad. Yeah, that's the dregs, though. Yeah. It's not the best beach. No, not yeah. at all. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying it's very convenient for somebody who gets off work, wants to go hang out on the beach. That's true. I can just go sit there, read my book. Do you play swim guitar. in there? Oh, I used to. Oh. And then I heard some stories about like even the Waikiki water. I was like, oh, I'm getting out of there, bro. Bro, I love it. Bro. Okay. So you're in New Hampshire. You grew up over there. Mm-hmm. Um, you came here because of Coast Guard. I did. Yeah. Um, what was kind of the biggest adjustment for you? Coming to Hawaii? Uh, I think, honestly, dude, right away was the the family spectrum. You know what I mean? Like... I was here first two months. I really didn't do much. I really didn't even leave Sand Island because the way the Coast Guard works is that you got to get qualified, all these different qualifications. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you're grinding, dude. Like you're just trying to get qualified as quick as possible because your life is kind of crappy. Like you're saying all these watches like every two days. Mm-hmm. So I really like was, it was tough, like, you know, emotionally, mentally, just like being in my barracks and all I would know is barracks boat. And I didn't have that family element. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. I couldn't go drive over to my brothers or if I wanted to, you know, for a weekend, fly up and see my mom or something. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just that and knowing like, man, like I'm really far away from my family right yeah. now. Yeah. And that, that, that hit home. So that was, that was the biggest adjustment. But then like the longer I've been here, dude, and obviously connecting in a church like this, I felt more centered mm. when I was here. I felt like, man, like I could get used to living here, dude. Especially yeah. when I found like a family like you guys, like I felt like, yeah. I don't feel on the outside of the circle anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I'm in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that, that was, that was huge. You know, like, again, talking about what Mike was saying, the whole plugged in church thing like that changed my spectrum of, of being here for sure. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I like hearing that because a, a lot of times what ends up happening, just we get used to it. And um, when people that serve in the military move here, it's almost, uh, the the hardest part is, and it used to affect me more, but it doesn't affect me as much now just because I see our role differently as a family and as a church, like my wife and I, Yeah. and even as our church. But I used to get really bummed because a family would come in or people would come in and they would serve and they'd do a great job, but eventually they were leaving. Mm-hmm. And that would be hard just thinking about that. Yeah. And then uh, just because like if you're... If you're in the military, there's the 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 thing I've always I thought, you know, like I never talked to anybody about it, but you just make assumptions. So when you make assumptions, you make a out of you and me. And um and so as a as a family, one of the things I've learned, I guess, is um how important it is to get connected and to stay connected, just even as a church. Like yeah. when people come in this is the life stage they're in. That if they're in the military, mm-hmm. if they're serving in some capacity, they're here for a short time and then they're going to go. Yeah. And that doesn't have to be a sad thing. It doesn't have to no. be like a terrible thing. It can, it can be a thing where you, you're making connections that will last years, you know? And mm-hmm. as I've gotten older in ministry and I've served longer, almost 10 years now in Hawaii, the coolest thing is meeting someone and then they leave, you know, you get connected, they yeah. leave. And then they come back. And when they come back, it's yeah. like they never left. Bro, that's They're what family. I'm, I can't wait. I mean, I, I don't want to leave, but like I keep thinking about that. Like, I know I'm going to be here. I'm already making my mind like when I do leave, if if by chance I do come back in mm-hmm. maybe six months, um, I'm always going to make like once a year I'm coming back here. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It's like, like it's not like I'm not ever coming back. Like I'm gonna make sure I stuck some money aside in my savings. I'm flying out here once a year. Yeah. Definitely gonna come see you guys, come to the church, give you guys a big old hug. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah, I'm, yeah I'm making that a priority. Yeah. To come back. And we're and we're family. So like, that's the cool thing, I think. Like one of the best parts about the gospel, and then I wanna hear more about your story, how you came to believe yeah. in God and yeah. um also hear about how you're living that out and the things that you're pursuing, you're doing your art and all of these things, your music. Yeah. Um, serving in our church in incredible ways. But one of the things that I am just excited about when it comes to the gospel is how you and I probably wouldn't have crossed paths. Yeah. Just because like I'm living in Waipahu, you're living in good old sand good island. old sand island the dunes of the dunes of sand island bro that's my home bro i'm sure bro i'm sure it's oh. part of my identity <laughs> um so you live in there and we wouldn't have crossed paths and if it hadn't been for the gospel if it hadn't been for jesus yeah. if it hadn't been for the church you and i don't have anything in common initially but now because of jesus not only do yeah. we have something in common we have the most important thing about us in common, which is our faith in God, right? That 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 is more important than our culture. Yeah, that's more important than language. That's more important than where we're from. That's more important than personality. Mm -hmm. And so we have the most important thing in common, and that's what makes us able to connect. And to me, I leverage that to stop. And I said this uh, last time with Micah, but I leverage that relationship that we have with the Lord to now I spin it on mainland people that move in and i just decide among myself to make it really painful for you guys yeah, when you leave yeah yeah you know so i'm not crying i'm smiling like <laughs> ha 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 yeah. they're gonna miss us yeah. because we cared for y'all we loved you guys we we invited you into our family and so for me all joking aside that's like what my hope is for anybody that comes even if they're here short term right that we make it like they, that they they feel and experience the love of God and the family of God. Because I think that that's ultimately what our strength is in Hawaii, is we're big on family. Yeah. But we can't be big on family to the exclusion of others. We're big on family and like just for my own family, you've experienced this. Hey, we're inviting as many people into this family as we can. Yeah. That's how we got an adopted Chinese brother. Named Joe Lee and all my family. Let's photos. go, Joe. Let's go, Joe. Uh, <laughs> shout out, Joe. And now Angel. But Joe hey, is, Joe. if you see my family photos from like six years ago, there's a Chinese man in there. That's my brother, Joe Lee. And we love that guy. Love but Joe. that's our hope for everybody that that they would sense that they are a part of this family. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Um, what was it like for you growing up? You, did you grow up in the church or? Yeah. So, I when I was growing up, I was raised Catholic. And, um, it's interesting because when my, my parents divorced, right. And when I was probably eight and when they divorced, stopped going, stopped going to church. And actually when I was up until first grade, I was at a Catholic school. Oh wow! So, you know, every Wednesday, I think it was, we all had to go to mass. And it's funny, like back then, bro, like, first of all, I was a young, but I could never, even at that age, and I have a really good memory. I can always remember, I just could not get, like it, it didn't connect with me as a little kid like catholic school and i was always petrified of these statues bro i mean this building our school our catholic school bro was built in the 1700s you know i mean this is an old brick building yeah. and i was just scared dude like and it, like if you had to go to the bathroom like there's just this giant like old statue of like i don't know one of the disciples or something and i'm just i'm a little kid you know what i mean mm -hmm. I, I didn't i couldn't you know i anyway i was just petrified and it was interesting and it's just like these old dark hallways anyway um when i was in church like i would always have to be like in the back row of the ch the mass because like i was just the, the bad kid you know what i mean like st stacking prayer books sitting all the way at the top like i probably had adhd and they just didn't ever never oh, diagnosed it bro <laughs> anyway there would be i remember a couple times wait, 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 they, they were so like, they you sitting in the back is a punishment because I was the rowdy. Like this kid's not paying so attention. Like back? bro, they're sending him in the back, bro. I was I bad. I wonder if that's why people sit in the back at our church. <laughs> I hope not, because <laughs> they feel like they've been naughty and they got to sit in the back. Because yeah. nobody's been sitting in the front two rows, man. What's going on? I did once. Did you? I did. It's awkward, but man, it is when you're the only one there. It's, it's like, man, really I know awkward. my breath smells bad, but I'm, like it's awkward, bro. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I used to like stare at the prayer books, sit at the top. They had to take me out. Happened a couple of times. 
And then, but I would go on weekends like with my grandmother. My grandmother was very like devoted Catholic, made sure that me and my brother went every Sunday. And I got my first communion. So probably by the time when my grandmother passed, um, she actually passed away about six months after my my uh, parents divorced. Oh, and man. I was still I was still going to church, you know, every Sunday. So but my grandmother was like, that. you're dealing with. Yeah. Lost grandma. Yeah. And like divorce. Yeah. Oh, divorce man. was like huge on my childhood. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so like I was saying, when my grandmother passed, like I said, maybe six months after my parents' divorce, church stopped. Me and my brother just didn't go anymore. Because my parents, like my weekends were with my father, and my father was just my my dad was the kind of guy that says, Oh, I can't go into a church because it's gonna burn down. Mm-hmm. He's still that way. Yeah. I love him to death, but it's just it's reality, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the church kind of just be, was out of my life, I wanna say, between when I was like eight and when I was 21. Whoa. Yeah, dude. And it was 10 years. Yeah. And it's crazy looking back now, you know, that I've been saved and, you know, part of your church and, you know, I was baptized by you, you know, um, do where were you? Yeah. At the beach. That's right. Bro, you forgot. Bro, I, I, no. Oh no. Wait, he hold didn't. on. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Hold on. This was like three weeks yeah, ago. I know, but Paul, I know. Paul I, forgot. Okay, that's nice. Paul did forget. No, I was like, I was like, yo, I thought, no, I, I do remember now. Now I remember. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So that's right. You were baptized. I was, and it was three awesome. other people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, four, yeah. Four other, four people. other people. It was awesome. That was a good yeah, time. It was a great day. It was a great day, man. Um, but yeah, so thirteen years of just no church, and like I was saying, like looking back, that's just it's wild, and you can, I could tell how much like i can i could see the like the black clouds in my life then compared to now now it's like you know clear sky back then man it's just like a cloud hanging over me mm. you know what i mean for 13 years yeah just had no people would make you know it, to me i thought religion was a joke you know what i mean because I'm, I'm, I'm that's my environment my own oh. family you know what i mean like my parents don't go anymore like you know, obviously the kids at school they never treated it i went to a public school after i went to catholic school so mm. <laughs> public school it's Nobody goes to church, at least where I was in New Hampshire. Yeah. So anyway, um, I turned 21. It's the summer between my, the summer heading into my junior year of college. And my best friend, David Graham, who's here on island, he goes to the harbor in, in Honolulu. Shout out Truthful Sessions. Shout out Truthful Sessions. Um, him and I reconnect. We went to high school together down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I'm in college in New Hampshire. And like I said, that summer heading into my junior year, we're like, man, let's do a little reunion. Let's hang out with other guys from high school. Let's let's and play some music. Like him and I used to joke about it when we were in school, like make like, you know, funny songs or just like And at this time, do you know that David Graham is a Christian? I did, yeah. I, so okay. ever since I'd met him, I met him junior year of my of high school and I knew he was or a Christian. Yeah. So how'd you know that he shared it with you? Yeah, he shared it with me. And there was a because I went to so I went from high school in New Hampshire to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And it's night and day. Yeah, yeah, sure. Down there, everybody's Christian. Yeah. You know what I mean? In South uh, Carolina, yeah, yeah. Southern Bells, man. Wow. They are all Christian. All you know Christian, what I mean? And yeah. I was like the outlier. I was like, Well, you guys got they, they do church and they they have churches and shopping plazas because where i'm from it was a giant catholic church right, right. built in probably 1900 you yeah, know what with, i mean with the statue's eyes they feel like yeah. they're following you so i told you that's what i meant when i was a little kid yeah. like you can understand little kids like they don't know better i was ignorant you know what i mean so yeah. i was scared but anyway um yeah so i, I meet him it's i'm in summer of four junior year of college and we we hang out in myrtle beach for like four or five days and while we're there one morning it was a sunday morning he's like bro we're going to church i was like what? He's like, yeah, we're going to go to church while you're here. And I was like, uh, I mean, if you're taking me, man, like I'm staying with you. Like, and I, I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't know better, but bro, he takes me to this church. I think it's, if I recall, it's called Waterbrook in, uh, in North Myrtle beach. And bro, I still follow that page on Facebook and I love that pastor. David actually did a interview with him. It's an amazing testimony. This guy had his yeah. pastor. Anyway, I go to this church. I'm like, bro, this is what Christian churches are like. And he's like, yeah, man. I'm like, dude, where has this been all my life? Forget about the 13 years when I was a kid too, yeah. because it's just like this is what I've needed. You know what what, I mean? what was it? What was it about the season of life you're in, or definitely the a season of life? Because college was is, I think, as most people know, who go to like school, like big party schools or whatever. I'm not saying my school was a party school, but college in general. You know what I mean? It's filled with everybody's partying. You know what I mean? Like if you're not like like a Christian or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like well, even are, if you are Christian, well, I'm, you know you're likely, you know indulging. what I'm saying? Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just that kind of culture. You know what I mean? And, um, and I go from that darkness to find like the light of, of a church like that. And it was just like, man, like 
it just it opened it opened my eyes you know mm. what i mean and, and again like going back to your question it was just the the structure of service i mean have you ever been to a catholic service a mass i have I it's have all structured you know what i mean um, it's it's very you know like everybody's wearing their gowns yeah. and stuff you know what i mean like it's just i, I don't know how to explain it. and i think part of it too was just when i was growing up I was forced to go to Catholic school. Yeah. I was forced to go to church. It was more of like, uh, uh, you know, like a job to me. You know what I mean? And also just, like I said, the whole, like, the it's the, the image of, like, the Catholic church and all that is just, it, it was a lot. It was heavy. And it yeah. wasn't, it never connected mm -hmm. on a personal note. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? And then going to his Christian service, you know, the worship music, the way he brought, delivered his sermon, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and, you know, we're not in this church you know what i mean we're in a shopping plaza that they mm -hmm. turned into a, a church you yeah. know what i mean like it felt like i was at home yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so that yeah to answer your question it was mm. it was that that's interesting yeah i have been to catholic mass and i think that like as i have gotten older i start to appreciate some of those worship elements more when i the first time i ever went to a catholic mass though i was in uh, college yeah and it was it was uh was it good friday or Something like that. I think it was Good Friday. And I didn't understand what he was saying, the the guy. So yeah. I ended up taking communion like a Catholic. I yeah. didn't know. I, I, I was like... You go up in line. Everybody's crossing. And they have the, yeah. the cup with the wine and they're cleaning it for you. And yeah, 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 yeah. Then I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I got I got yeah. I did all of yeah. that. And my friend was like, bro, you're not Catholic. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, I'm just copying what everybody else is yeah, doing. My bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, start, I do start to kind of appreciate... Some of the elements of the Catholic Church, of course, I got my disagreement with um, with, the, with some things that are taught. But um, you go to this church in South Carolina, mm -hmm. uh, North Myrtle Beach. Yep. Uh, and when do you when do you experience like the transformation? Yeah. So it, it let me clarify. Like, yes, I went and I was like, man, this is great. But it was probably another four years until I was like, I need this in my life. You know what I mean? It mm. was just like, yeah, this is cool. This is great. Like, I wish I had this in my childhood, but I didn't take it seriously. Yeah, yeah, you know, And I'm just, I'm being honest with you. Like, I yeah. just, I was like, man, this is great. But like, like when I get back home to New Hampshire, I'm not going to go on Sundays mm -hmm. when I'm in college, my junior and senior year and go find a Christian church. It, well, it just didn't happen. It just, yeah. it didn't, it didn't connect with me that strongly. Mm -hmm. But then junior year, Christmas time comes around. I go back to see David. And again, we go to his church and it was like, that was probably the first time in between that trip in July or whatever it was in December, I went mm -hmm. back to church, same church, same experience. We're like, man, this is great. Like we wrote a song about it. Like I, I wrote a song called faith. Like oh, I found wow. my faith again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love that song, but like it, it, like, like I was saying, like it wasn't strong enough that while I'm in college, I'm going every weekend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then fast forward, I graduate college in 2019. I move down to new Orleans with David. He's got a house with another coastie. I rent out a room, cheap rent. I was like, you know what? I'm right out of college. Why not move? You know, go somewhere crazy like that. Try it down in New Orleans. Never been there before. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. It's cheap rent. So I said, let's do it. And it was there that, well, even there, like it wasn't, it, it, God hadn't fully reached my my heart. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't fully connected to the church, but I was going with him on a regular, every Sunday. And he found a cool church down there that he liked. He got plugged into a men's group and I was going with him. Mm. Not every, not every men's group, but I was going with him and God was slowly but surely working in my heart. And David yeah. is, you know, I, I love him to death and he's a huge, he's like the, the vehicle that drove me in that direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? That pushed me to, to find, help me find God on my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like I'm, I'm looking at that going, um, that's years of connection that David had with you. Right. Mm. And, it's cool to see because a lot of times we try to share the gospel with our friends. Yeah. And you know this. You share the gospel with your friends and you want to see change now. You want to see change yep. immediately. And if you don't see change immediately, there's sometimes you feel like you failed. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you got this relationship built up, this relationship capital built yeah. up over a long period of time with your friend from high school that you kind of knew, yeah. but we weren't close with. And then over time, you he takes you to church. Yeah. And then one year later, you go back to church mm -hmm. and then just him following Jesus over the long haul. Yeah. And then you are kind of like going in and out of being connected with him. Yeah. And finally, four years later, like he's inviting you to church again. You're living with them. Yep. You're a part of the church and God um, kind of does a work in your heart. And yeah, 
you're a believer. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, that story. Do you remember when uh, Jesus is healing people in a house and there's no space for anybody and they got that, um, there's a paralyzed guy, he can't walk. Yeah. And so he can't get in the house. And so his friends just get up on the roof, they rip out the ceiling and they lower him down. And Jesus heals the guy because of the faith of his friends. Like, that's a, I'm just thinking about that, at least that one parallels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like caring for you enough yeah. to keep sharing the God, to keep bringing you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And you never know. You never know what Jesus will do for your friends. Yeah. Like if you just keep bringing them to Jesus and um, it's cool because Jesus delights to heal. He says, yeah. Anybody who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. And that's cool to see that working on your life. And there was there was nobody else like pushing me towards oh, religion. For it real? was just my my best friend David. Yeah. It was just him all those years. Dude. It's not like I'm hearing it from other people. Yeah. Pushing like you should because my own family like wouldn't joke about it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. so it was just one dude yeah. helping me that's amazing. Like, find the religion. You know yeah. what I mean? Find faith. Find faith. Yeah. And then so help me find Jesus. Yeah. So then after New Orleans, what happens? Uh, so David goes to school. He's in the Coast Guard. He goes to school in D.C. Six months later, he gets sent here. I joined the Coast Guard to do what he's doing because it was COVID. I was having a terrible time trying to find work as a journalist. I went to college for journalism, just couldn't find work. And I said, you know what? I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to take take a risk. Take a risk, travel, plus it's COVID. see the world, it's COVID. travel. I, I always saw it as an adventure, you know what I mean? Like, and people, and that's what they say in like these military websites. They're like, why do you want to join? Yeah. It's like, is it for freeness or like healthcare or it's like adventure? I was like, yeah, adventure. Ooh, that's because the money ain't great. Yeah. Oh. At least to start out. Oh. Like, I'm not, you know what I mean? <laughs> but. I'm sorry you had to buy me this $5. <laughs> Bro. Oh, speaking sorry. of which, next one's on you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. I'm so sorry. Well, I should have got money ain't real. I should have got the tall. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I should have. I should have just showed up with two Vinties and you said grande. I was like, bro, bro. I, no, I like the grandes because I actually like the um the ratio. Do you? Yeah, if you get the venti, you get too much coffee. Wow, dude. Yeah. Well, you just got straight. I did. That's dark. I used to always get uh, the dark cream and sugar in my iced coffees, but then I was like, you know what, I'm done because I drink my hot coffee black too. So I'm like, you know what. I don't, I don't need this cream in my life, man. Wow, that's... And I figured also at the same token, it's like, and I have to say light ice, because if you don't, you know, they're going to they're gonna fill it to here. You know, or actually, like more like here. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is just all ice. Yeah. Wow. That's... It's like one third coffee. Yeah. You two know, thirds you, ice. You know, as you're sharing your story, bro, just... I was hearing, I was hearing you say, like, you wanted a change. Yeah. You wanted adventure. You wanted just other opportunities you wanted to see the world yeah and god in his providence brings you to sand island <laughs> <laughs> bro that was the i hit the jackpot all right if me i think being in sand island i hit the jackpot bro because in, in boot camp they give you this list right and they're like where do you where are the, the top like four or five places you want to go i remember i put like number one was like california because i've never been to california mm. never been west of new mexico at the time and i put that number one i put like Washington State, the Seattle area too. I put this third, fourth was Florida. And I was like, there ain't no way I'm ever going to get Hawaii. I didn't even really, I put it Hawaii down just to, to put it down. You know what I mean? Because I needed to fill in the rest of the page. I thought for sure I was going to go to like Seattle, LA. Um, oh, hold up. Hold up. This is the problem with our with our thing. Oh, no. Hmm. All right. So I think what we were was you shared earlier mm. that you wanted to see the world. You I wanted did. adventure. You wanted yeah. to chase the glory, see what it tastes like. Yeah. <laughs> and military. Military. Well, I wouldn't even adventure. Coast Guard, military, all of those but, things. Yeah. Um and God. God sent me here. Sent you to, to a Sand unit Island. On Sand Island. And I see like beauty. I said, I, I think it's the jackpot for me. Like I, I love it. Because as I was explaining, It's a jacked pot. <laughs> it's something. It's, it's something. It's uh it's the best place I think I could be to wait for my job that will I'll probably be sent in the next somewhere in between like next two to five months or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And plus, you know, obviously meeting you guys and, and growing more in my faith here, like forget about like being in Hawaii and like getting to spend two years waiting to go to a job here. Like I, 
gained a family. I gained yeah. friendships and, and, and brothers and sisters. And I grew in my faith immensely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and again, David ended up coming here shortly after I did, I got here first. And the next thing you know, he's here. And we both, we started going to Harbor town and that became like our church. Mm-hmm. Like I was going with him there a lot. And then we decided, well, let's go check out the one in Eva. We went there for a while. And then that's when we met you. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty nuts. It is. Like, it's crazy how all that works out, you know? Um, who would have thought you'd end up in Hawaii? Bro, not mm-hmm. me. I never even considered it. And I remember, too, like, David used to tell me, he's like, bro, like, I know you're going to want to go to a place like Hawaii. You're not going to get it. Like, and he, he he didn't mean it like that, but he meant, like, I don't want, he didn't want to see me have my expectations. Like, I'm going to get to go to, like, California, San Diego. Yeah. It's going to be great. And, and then the next thing you know, they're going to tell me, you're going to, you know, Iowa, which oh, that did, come dude. On. That don't, happened don't, to the guy oh, behind I'm so sorry. me, if bro. You're, if you're a bro. listener from Iowa, I'm sorry. <laughs> but hey, I'm actually my family's part of my family's from Iowa. Is so. a beautiful place. I've never been, never want to go, but I'm sure it's amazing. Corn, corn is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, man. And the fields are cool. It's a beautiful yeah, thing. It is. But I'm just saying, like Iowa's when, great. When you're thinking about joining the Coast Guard, these poor guys aren't expecting. Wait, what? The Coast Guard's in Iowa? They, they do. They work on the river, the Mississippi. And the, the guy after me, they call me and they're like, where do you want to go? And I was like, I want to go to the West Coast. And they're like, oh, you're going to Hawaii. And I was like, wow. Like, I'm, I'm like I can't say anything. I'm just like this. And then they, this poor guy behind me, and then he's like, I want to go to Florida. And they're like, oh, you're going to Iowa. And oh, man. <laughs> bro, everybody came up to me afterwards. They're like, bro. Where did you put Hawaii on your list, bro? Bro, 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 bro. We put it one. I was like, dog, <laughs> I put a third. Oh, maybe I that's never the key. Even thought I was gonna get that's, it. That's a good tip though for all, you, all the youngins. Thought, never in a million years would I. And I remember when it, when they told me as I'm walking back to my room, like I'm like shell shock. I'm like, bro. I started singing that one song. Uh, what's that guy's name? The one who sings "Over the Rainbow." Is is, is. I st- bro? I was singing that running up the stairs. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, I'm going to sing it. Sing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god it was it was i just was That's like envisioning song. and the whole time i'm envisioning it right and then like i told you like why is it gonna be this it's gonna be amazing and as soon as i get there that night all i see is just like the concrete jungle of the road and the you know from yeah. going to the airport to sand and i'm like bro it's not even a long what drive is bro. this place the right <laughs> oh my gosh i was like am i in the inner city like this is where the coast guard is it's it's different though see like that's what i was i was telling my brother the other day when i had friends from college come visit me this was disappointing like it was different when than what they expected yeah they expected us out like living an island life yeah but i'm from what you guys would call the suburbs really? not the suburbs actually i was living down in like well it's not there's a lot of concrete here there's not a lot of yeah. like not this isn't maui Oahu isn't Maui. It isn't, well, where I'm from, not the North well, Shore. Well, I, I got a local guy from work. He said Maui is the second Oahu. He's a big island boy, but he told me, he's like, bro, don't go to Maui. It's the second Oahu. Really? I was like, okay. I don't know. I like Maui. Never been. Bro, everybody listening from Maui, I apologize again <laughs> for my friend. Maui is a beautiful place. This is the first and I would last love, time. I would, love, I would love to be in Maui. Me too. Maui is beautiful. The best acai bowl I ever had was from Maui. I think the city of Lahaina the, the is wonderful, and I'm thankful for all the locals in Lahaina. Yes, um, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. All I ever been to was Lahaina, and I didn't know that was a tourist town. I was just like, yo, bro, it's beautiful out here. Yeah. It's beautiful. Bro, I've been to the Big Island twice. Amazing. Dude, it's my favorite one. And most people oh, are like, get out. like, so. Bro, you can't be your favorite one. It is. Oahu's your favorite well, one. Well, okay, besides Oahu. Bro, yeah. Like. Big island. big island. I'm so sorry to all the Big Island people. I apologize. If you're <laughs> now you're from the Big Island. I apologize. I did not mean <laughs> Bro, what, the, I, what the, I what the I tables think. Tables have turned. Yeah, I like the Big Island, dude. It's this nice though, dude. I so I went twice. The first time I went by myself. Drove around the whole thing, which takes a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's like six hours or something. Yeah. But, bro, I went by myself. It was so peaceful. I did uh, Mauna Kea by myself, and at the time, uh, the top was closed because of snow. And I thought that was incredible. Like, I got to go to, like, the midpoint. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of the most beautiful sunsets of my life, dude. Talk to God. It just happened. It wasn't even like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to pray, man. It's going <laughs> to be, it's gonna be <laughs> one of those moments that people make, like, the Instagram videos. You know what I mean? Like, it just, and next thing I know, I'm like, wait a second. I just, like, had, like, the most heart-to-heart talk with God in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah, dude. dude that's was, awesome. And that trip was awesome. So then... 
fast forward like two months later, I'm like, I got to go again because I, I was only there for like 24 hours or 48, something like that. And anyway, I was like, I got to spend more time. I went for like three days this time. And dude, it was funny. I went with uh, Clancy. And uh, if you don't know Clancy, yeah, he's, uh, your life isn't as good as it could possibly be. <laughs> so anyway, him and I go and we rent a car and we're like, we're going to be cheap about it. Because when I went the first time, I got an Airbnb. It was an expensive trip between the, the rental car, dude, was like $500 oh, yeah. for 48 hours. Did you get a Mustang? I got a Jeep oh. because I thought I was going to go to the top of Mauna Kea. So I was oh, like, yeah, I yeah. need four wheel drive. Yeah, so yeah. I need to do this. So, I mean, I did use the four wheel drive. Don't get me wrong. But anyway, so we rent a car. It's like a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Again, it's expensive. But we're like, we're going to sleep in it and we're going to save the money. Mm-hmm. And you know how like, like in the mainland, you can go to a Walmart parking lot and just park there and sleep yep. like the truckers do. So we did that. It's like 2.33 in the morning. This guy comes knock on the door. He's like, hey, bro. I hate to tell you, but this ain't the mainland. You got to go, bro, because we're about to lock up the gate. Oh, I was nice. like, what the heck? And, dude, first of all, I barely even slept because it was just two dudes in a car with no AC running. Like, you know that scene in Titanic where the the, the, wind, the, the glass gets all fogged up? <laughs> you, know, you haven't seen it? Well, yeah. It's like that. We're sleeping. No, I have, I have seen it, but. I'm saying, like, two dudes sleeping in the car. You're breathing. Like, you know what I'm just saying? Like, it's fogged up. It's fogged up because two dudes are sleeping <laughs> in the your, car. Did your hand or Clancy's hand? <laughs> <laughs> so the guy's like, I don't know what's going on in this car, in this Jeep Grand Cherokee behind a Walmart, but you guys can't park here. That's all I'm going to tell you. And I'm like, bro, this sucks. I was like, Clancy, tomorrow night we are getting a room. And it ended up being the coolest Airbnb of my life. But yeah, dude, that was an experience. That's, that's, um, I can't comment on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Titanic's. You know what? I'm, that's how I, I know wanted to describe yeah, yeah. it. I wanted to describe like when you're sleeping in a warm vehicle, it's gonna fog up. Okay, see that that would have been that would have been see that would have been a good way to describe it without introducing the Titanic, the Titanic scene. Well, because every time I think about and that, all of that, and even know? in the moment, I was like, this guy probably is, he's probably thinking the Titanic. That's right probably now. thinking what he's thinking right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we got a cool room, and that was good. You guys stayed in Kona side, or you guys went to Hilo? Uh, when we first got there, we flew into Kona. Both times I've been, I've, I've always flown in a Kona. But mm. we, the second time I went, like we spent a lot of actually time in Hilo too. So yeah, it was cool. Waterfalls, all that stuff. Dude, Big Island, I love it. Like, there's so much to do, so much to do, so big. Um, I, I my hope for the rest of the islands is that they don't necessarily become like Oahu. Yeah, like you know, it looks blow it's, up. it's cool. Ah, blow up, but like, just be so congested and yeah, you know, that was what I really loved about. Uh, big on it like parts where like you know you're on the Kona side it's very dry it's like deserty and then you start heading north and i was like dude i've never been to washington but this looks like something out of like washington mm. or even where i grew up in new hampshire i was like dude these are like country roads yeah the best city in the world weather-wise uh white male yeah it's hawaii tropical and cool at the same time yeah and it's country at the same time and you can it. drive 20 minutes and get to a beach yeah i love it yeah dude so big island you've been visiting um different places Mm -hmm. um but while you've been here i've known you well i've known you i guess you're on our worship team here at the church yep but you do your own music too Mm -hmm. yeah so what's that been like what's it been like for you um kind of pursuing your music and how did you get started in all of that you said you've been playing since high school well actually not even high school i actually picked up the guitar in 2019, when I graduated college. So what is that? Four years now? Yeah, four years. This this actually, this July is four years that I've been playing. Oh, sick. So and I'm, That's it? Yeah, dude, I wish, and it's so hard. They say it's hard to learn things when you're older. It, that's so true, man. And it's, I really wish, like, my grandmother got a store. She bought me and my brother both guitars when I was probably six, five or six. Mm. And we got, and I, dude, I used to, like, be such a bad kid i would like make her get that for me we would go by this like music store and she'd be like no it's too expensive i'd be like come on like throw fits and like kick her seat like please i just want a grandma well finally she got it for us and dude we probably like you know didn't even really learn it just like strong mm. like dun, 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 dun. didn't learn a chord didn't learn anything yeah probably for like three months and then just never used it again mm. Like, it would just be, like, a memento of her, like, when, when she did pass, and be like, yeah, that's the guitar that grandma got for us. Yeah. No idea where it is to this day, which oh, is wow. sad to say. I think my dad used to just take things and go to the dump. Like, this is going to the dump. So oh. 
Something like that. That's what dads do that sometimes. They do. I lost a lot of good toys, a lot of good Lion King toys. Oh, bro. Bro. I don't even. Uh, we're done with that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> That's bringing up bad memories. Exactly. <laughs> you know, God can God can handle that. Yeah. Confess that. Yeah. Um. So you got music and um. What's you've been playing? Mm-hmm. I see you like putting music out yeah. online. You wrote a sick song. Thanks, man. Yeah. So like that is that. What's your hope with with the music? I mean, a big part of it for me was I want to like become like I want to be a touring artist. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. be those guys that like pays their dues and just like goes and plays small venues and is the singer songwriter scene, you know, makes a band. I've always wanted a band yeah. just with other, you know, musicians, talented guys that I could feed off of. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be that guy, like the solo guy. So that's why when I made the, I call it Chris Bokum band because you know, I, I don't want to just be known as Chris Bokum. You know what I mean? Like I want a band and I couldn't yeah. think of a cool name for a band. So I was like, yeah, I'll just call him Chris Bokum band. That's easy. Like so. Brendan Urie and um, Panic at the Disco. It's yeah, just him for yeah, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> But I am old enough to remember when Panic at the Disco was a whole band. You probably don't remember that. Nope. Yeah, all you know is Brandon Urie. Brandon Urie. Yeah. yeah, he had a band, a band of friends, and they were amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, so you're doing the music, mm-hmm. and you want to be, you want to be touring, or you? Yeah, I mean that's like a huge goal little, for me. But yeah. I'm I'm in such like. I don't have like one specific like goal per se. Like that'd be awesome. But like at the same token, like I, I also want to like write and be an author. So like if I could do both, I don't know, just, I want to, I want to have my life, like my, my work be mm-hmm. like art mm-hmm. per se. You know what I mean? Like that's just I, everybody. I mean, has nobody wants to like do a dead end job. I don't think. And like, I want to go work in a cubicle the rest of my life. Nobody, if they do, God bless them. That's awesome. Good yeah. for them. But for me, like I, I think it, that's a huge goal for me yeah. is to like if i'm gonna like be making money do something like that that you enjoy art, that you love and you know what i mean yeah did you consider yourself an artist growing up or not really no wow. <laughs> i mean i always knew like i was really like imaginative and like creative in my own sense like my brother would he's two and a half years older than me he'd never want to play like with me like outside you know what i mean he'd always want to go do his own thing so i was just like so bored like be like by myself i'll be like well you know what i'd go outside with a football and i've seen your son tono do this like he'll be outside and he'll be like commentating like he's like the sports announcer and mm-hmm. I, dude i would do that for hours like making up my own like storylines for the game dude and i was just like i'm either like crazy or i'm just really like i have a lot of creative energy inside me that i need to like yeah. release you know what i mean like yeah. and i think i knew from a young age like yeah, I like this. And I remember like when I was a kid, like I would be swinging in the backyard by myself and I would just be like singing songs, making them up, making mm-hmm. up like melodies and stuff. Probably like five, six years old, dude. And I was like, I knew like, I think music is going to be creative. Like these things are like, and then later in life, like college comes around. That's when I kind of discovered that like, you know, while I'm in college, like, oh, I'm going to go be a journalist and like cover sports, which is cool, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough field. But then I was like, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Like I want to be an artist you know what i mean mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i want to do that yeah so that was a that was a tough moment in life when you graduate college and it's like i don't want to be the the this you know like the safe job of like being a journalist like that's not where my heart is anymore mm-hmm. and dude when i was in high school david can attest to this that was my life i did everything in my power to become a journalist really dude there was a job in boston that i w- i wanted since i was like probably 15 it was this like intern at the Boston Globe. If you may not know, it's like I know the Boston Globe. Boston Globe. So yeah. it's a big paper in in the whole New England area. It's huge mm-hmm. nationwide too. But they had this program for sports uh, journalists who like intern for six months mm-hmm. while you're in college. That's your job. All you do is intern, and you get college credit for the whole semester. When I was like 15, 16, bro, I, I heard about it. And I was like, I'm doing this. Mm. I'm going to put every effort I can to get it. Lo and behold, I got it which was crazy because I was at a school in New Hampshire and most of the people getting it are in the Boston metro area. Mm-hmm. Somehow they accepted me. I mean, I, I was putting in work, dude. And I got that job. And I remember while I was there, I was having the realization that like, this isn't what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I want to be a musician or yeah. I want to be an author. Yeah. And it was a tough punch to take, bro. Cause you're like at the place that you wanted to be. That was the mm-hmm. only like goal I've ever set in my life. I was like, this is what I'm doing. And I actually did it. Yeah. And when you get to the top, that's when you realize maybe this isn't what you want. It was it was a tough that's interesting. It's a tough thing to swallow when you're 20 years old, you know, and you got now I have like fifty thousand dollars in student loan debt. You know what I mean? 
that I'm still trying to pay off. Hey, I'm almost there. I think I got like four so, years to go. That I'm coffee, so sorry bro. That you bought me. You this better coffee. enjoy that, bro. You know what? We're gonna go back and we're gonna get a free or the fifty cent refill, whatever it is, to make it worth. I'm it. so sorry. I'm so sorry that you got this coffee. I, <laughs> Just, no, so, but that is an interesting thing. Um, thinking through like work as it relates to your passion. Yeah. Um, because I, I was in a similar boat. You know, like I was in a similar boat. I wanted to be in law and just just for me, like at some point Mm -hmm. and that's a longer story. But at some point that shifted and unfortunately I had gone to school and I graduated and and it was that next step I was going to take. Am I going to pursue this? And it was around that time that God kind of made it clear that. And made it clear, not that he spoke to me in any any like audible way or anything like that. Made it clear through like what my desires were. Yeah. My desire all of a sudden became like I was uh, dedicated, wanting to pour my heart out to studying the word and to telling people about yeah. Jesus. Like that's, and that's what happened. But like, it's yeah. like a, a dream dies. Yeah. You feel like yeah. there you can't do what God's calling you to do. Without letting go of something, yeah. you know, like like there's something that you let go, and and for me it was, it was the worldly, the worldly, worldly in the sense that Paul uses it in First Corinthians, yeah. meaning earthly, earthly dreams and goals that I had, in order to do what God was calling me to do, um, which was unreal. It's a it's a it feels like you lost something, mm. and it feels like you you lose something. And dude, like the stronger I've gotten in my faith over these years, the more and more I'm realizing like these it's like being a musician. Writing books, being a journalist, it's not going to bring you fulfillment, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. And, so, and that's being closer to God. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and ever since I gotten involved with this church, too, I do. The more and more I'm seeing it, the more and more I'm realizing, like, mm. yeah, it's great to have these goals, but that's not going to that's gonna fill the void. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just not. It's not. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so freeing when you, yeah. when you finally realize that. Like, the shackle is broken. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. And just have, find peace and, and, and contentment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And still, I think we had conversations of that um, early on, a while back, early, early on, on when we first met, yeah. where it was like, I was, I was always I was, eating at my heart. Yeah. And I was encouraging you, like, hold it loosely, but also it's not wrong to pursue the right. things that God's laid on your heart. Yeah. It's just that you won't be destroyed if you never attain them, because that's not ultimately right. the yeah. goal. The goal is glorifying God. The, glo- yeah. the goal is making much of him. And if you don't achieve the goal you have or what the world defines as successful. Yeah. That doesn't matter. That doesn't make or break right. you. You're already loved by God. You're already affirmed by Him. Yeah. You got. You won the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're living going on to Sand heaven. Island, bro. I'm here. Not I'm that. Here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you gotta take some L's sometimes. You know, God <laughs> want to humble. God hey, loves that's an L to you. God loves His children. I'm just kidding. I love Sand Island. For all you people living on Sand Island, if you are listening to this somehow because you found a way to get Wi-Fi. Oh, jeez. Um, I am so sorry. I appreciate you guys. Um, but yeah. That's a that is, it is it is important for you to have that perspective, especially yeah. while you're going after something. Um, and another thing, just thinking about it, is our jobs do have um, they they do have importance, right? Like a, yeah. our, our job is is how God provides. Our job is uh, doing our job well is how to, how to, how we can glorify God. And it's pretty cool because you're you're pursuing music and you're pursuing your art. Mm-hmm. You're working full time yeah. for the Coast Guard. And at the same time, you're holding all of it loosely. Yeah. And so you really are free. You really are untouchable. Some um, days I need to remind myself that. Right, though. right. You'll wake up some mornings and be like, man, that, that stupid TikTok video only got 50 views, bro. Like, I'm not going to make it. It's like, why? I'm finding myself falling in that trap again. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I got to catch myself. Right. Because this doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know it doesn't I mean? ultimately matter. Like, views, bro. Views. Yeah, we gotta get views. Why, By the way, like and share this so we can get more views. Yeah, um, this needs to go. Yeah, and so maybe not this specific podcast. You know what's interesting? Uh, somebody was asking me my goals. They're like, "What's your goal?" So I was in the youth group, and um, this comes up all the time. So someone recently asked me this, just what my goals were in life. Yeah. Um, but it reminded me of one time I was in youth group, and. I was asking the kids, just an icebreaker question, like, hey, what's your guys' goals and what's your dreams in life? What do you want to be? If you could be successful and everybody's like, I want to be this. I want to run a business. I want to 
uh, start a YouTube channel. I want to be an influencer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a scientist. Like all these amazing things that these kids want to be. They yeah. want to do amazing things. They want to be something. Astronaut. Yeah. And then somebody asked me like, hey, you didn't go. What is your dream? And I was like, this is my dream. I want to teach the, the Bible and I want to tell people about Jesus and see them see their lives transformed by the gospel. Yeah. And one of the kids goes, this is your dream? <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> and at the time, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I have such low expectations. Like, I, this is my dream. This is horrible. But it was, <laughs> but I didn't take it like that because it is my dream. Yeah. And so this person asked me recently, what is my dream? What's my goal? Like, do I want to do more? And I said that my goal, this is just my goal, bro. My goal is just Pastor Harbor Church Wipe Oh. You're doing it. That's like, that's all I want to do. I want to be. And this is just like, you know, love my family well, serve yeah. God, and I want to be faithful to our church. Yeah. I have no other goal outside of doing this. That's awesome. Um, and just, I don't even have like church growth goals or like, what do you want your church to be? I want to be faithful to the people we have right now. Yeah. I want to pour my life out right now. I don't know when God's going to take me, but I want to be as faithful as I can yeah. to the people that we have, you know, yeah, like, and sure. I, I just see my role as um, a pastor. I really see it as shepherding the people that we do have here mm -hmm. at the church and um, helping them achieve all their goals, yeah. you know, helping them do what they do to the glory of God. Like when we talked about your music, yeah, I mean, I told you um, that you could take your music and glorify God with it. You know, like go, 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 go get it. Go, yeah. go out there and have the perspective that what I'm going to do is going to be making much of Jesus. And that doesn't necessarily mean producing Christian music. Yeah. It doesn't mean on every single album, you got to have a cross on it or something yeah. like that. But it does mean that you operate in a way that's straight up, yep. that you're not deceptive, that you yeah. honor your commitments, yeah. that, uh, that you do as best a job as you can. Mm. That's how you glorify God. Yeah. Don't be out there saying you're glorifying God, singing flat notes at your gig, not showing <laughs> up on time. Or also like the themes of your and songs. The themes too, of your song. You know yeah, what I mean, yeah. like that's been huge. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it should be. It should be different. Not because it has to be different, but because yeah. you're thinking different. You believe different than the world. Yeah. Right. So you're not going to be singing the trouble with girls. <laughs> they're a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that nah, that's a good song. Yeah, I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good song. Yeah, I like country. Yeah, yeah, that's a good song. It is, bro. I wrote a song. I started reading Matthew, and I think it's Matthew eight, where he talks about you know your foundations. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a song. It stuck out to me. I was on the Midnight Watch last week, and talking about like you know you could be the fool that builds his house on sand. Mm -hmm. So I, I wrote a song called House on Sand. <laughs> but you're, while, while you're on Sand Island? <laughs> I was, yeah. Oh, okay. And you're like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta but get bro, out that, of here. That seemed to be me. Like, I, I felt Dude. like for a long time, I was that foolish man. And like, I was that, that guy thinking I'm building my life on these false mm. foundations. So I wrote a song called House on Sand. Wow. And I can't wait to, we actually recorded it at your church the other night. And so hopefully. Well, that's your church too. Oh. You're a part of our church. That's your church. Yeah. You guys always ask me. I'm like, it's open. <laughs> Micah has a key. Does, I just mean, go. I just, you know, just trying to be respectful. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> You're on the worship team, and that's Micah's little drum booth. Yeah. And that's where we're, bro. I was in there the other night, dog. It was hot. It's hot. And I'm, in, I'm in there taking multiple takes, and I was like, dude, I got to get out of here. It's, it's like 11 o'clock, and I'm on my third take. I'm like, this is just not going to sound good because I'm just miserable. My hands are just drenched. Dude, Can't even, there. like, play the guitar. I felt, oh, God. You know, I was thinking you guys could drill holes, get some circulation, get some circulation in there, in the top. Yeah. No, but I I love that man. I love that you write music, and I love that. Um, I I think that it's very therapeutic. Yeah, and I like even your song, um, "Dare Me." Yeah, I love that song. By the way, you guys got to listen to it. <laughs> like, but I really believe in that the the gospel is not just advanced through pastors and preachers and church but it's, it's advanced as christians go out and live their lives yeah you know live their lives to glorify god right yeah we talk about that to all of our the new members at our church you are a mission you are an advocate for the gospel you are a proclaimer of the gospel so in everything that you do 
you make much of you make much of Jesus by doing it well, doing it with honor. Yeah. And I love, I, I really strongly believe that we get the message of the gospel out in all in every way possible. For sure. Right? Every way possible. All of our lives submitted to Jesus. And for you as an artist, that's what it means. That's what yeah. it means to do your like when I was I was talking to my brother the other day on this, like even here, and we were talking about how the way he's called to glorify God is way different than me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's way different from me. And it's the same way with you. Like, like you guys can you meaning you creatives, artists and things like that have just this amazing place um, because you guys get to communicate beauty and the beauty of the gospel to people yeah. and paint pictures of that. You know, not just with your words, but with your art. Yeah. And I think that that's powerful. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want that to just be confined to the church. You know what I mean? Sure, where yeah. where. It's like, I don't want to hoard all the gifts in the church. I don't want to hoard all the talent that we have. I want to see yeah. the talent go out and thrive. And I want to see guys like you and guys like David blow up, um, you know, because I know that you guys gaining influence is just is going to mean influencing people for the gospel. Yeah. And so even That's though, huge. even yeah. though you're humbly here, like holding it all in loosely, um, yeah. I just as a friend, as a brother, as a pastor, I see my job is cheering you guys on and praying for God's best for you guys as you do the things you're doing. Yeah. Like, I really, I really believe that. Um, yeah. Cause it's, good stuff, it's cool man. to see. Yeah. It's good stuff. Dude. And you got time? Absolutely. I wanted to ask you this other question is how are things with, uh, how are things with your family? Since you're a Christian, I mean, you, you kind of, yeah showed I me mean, shared earlier that you know you're you don't come from a family of believers that's way different from me yeah. I, I come from a family of believers and mm-hmm. i was raised in the church so there's a lot of things that let me just try to do this again yeah so like i was saying there's a lot of things there's there's a lot of differences between just our families I mean, yeah how is that for you knowing that you're a christian and a lot of people in your family yeah. aren't what are, what have been the challenges with that? I think early on it was really hard, and it was it's stupid to say, but it was like it was embarrassing. You know what I mean? It was embarrassing to like tell my brother like, yeah, I'm going to church, or my dad. You know what I mean? Like my mom, she you know if she found out I was going to church, she'd be like, that's great, honey. Like mm-hmm. I love you. Like that's awesome. Like she she'd be happy for me. But like my dad, my brother specifically, like it's, it's always been a little challenging to like talk to them about. It. And now that they know, like you know, I'm I'm in the worship team, I play guitar, like. Now they, they don't, you know, they're like, oh, okay, like, cool. Like, I tell my dad, like, yeah, I'm actually at a rehearsal practice. Like, oh, okay. Like, before it would have been like, what are you doing that for? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things that I need to get better about when I am in town seeing them, like, make it more of a of a, a thing to, like, sit down and have mm-hmm. that conversation. But yeah. it's hard. It's so, it's not easy for some people, you know what I mean? And you only have, you know, so much time here on, on God's earth to do it. But, yeah. you know, one of these days I'll kick myself in the butt and, and have that talk, but it, it definitely at, at first it was very awkward. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that I didn't even want to mention because I knew there'd be some kind of sarcastic, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, comment about it. Mm-hmm. And I think, and that's that's unfortunate for some people. Like you know, it could be a lot worse than my situation. You know, some mm-hmm. people may not even they might just stop going. They might get so offended that their own family is like, "Why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. oh no, you became one of these like you know, you're a Jesus freak or something yeah. like." And which is really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's just, you know, it's been biblical. They, they've been in the Bible. They, they talk about it. You know, people are going to persecute you for following yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure that'll never, hopefully it stops one day, but it'll stop one day. One day. Yeah. It depends on your eschatology. But yeah, man. That's just how, how it awesome. was. It was, yeah. it, it, it was tough. Mm-hmm. It still can be tough sometimes. You know what I mean? Cause like I said, like it's hard to have that talk in person. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a confrontational person. <laughs> oh, yeah. I imagine. It is, it's hard to, yeah. And you don't want to do it too, like, when I'm back home, it's always like, I'm only here for a week or so. Like, we're going to hang out, you know, we'll have a couple of drinks, we'll go see a concert. It's like, well, I don't want to have this conversation when I'm sitting yeah. at a bar. Right. You know what I mean? And actually, looking, like, every every yeah. party needs a pooper, Chris. That's why we invited you. <laughs> and I, I did want to bring this up when I was here that, you know, uh, David, again, he mentioned I should you know, for like people like my brother or like other people, like maybe non-believers, it's hard to have that conversation. Recommend them the movie A Case for Christ. Mm. Sit down and watch that movie with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I might not even, I might have to tell my brother like, hey, it's not called Case for Christ. Like, hey, this is a movie about this like atheist guy. Like, you want to watch it? Like, see how mm. he like, you know, counters with religion. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 
and like finding ways to introduce that. Mm-hmm. And that was a great idea. I actually just read Lee Strobel's uh, Case for Faith. Unbelievable book. That's another one that I like. I want to give somebody like you know in my family that mm-hmm. might be struggling with that or just identifies as an atheist or something. Because a yeah. guy like him, do you know about Lee Strobel? Yeah, I know. Lee Strobel. I love yeah. attorney. Yeah. And like that, that book was Case for Faith was huge, mm-hmm. for me. and mm-hmm. I like flew through it, and it was absolutely loved it. Yeah, it, it really hit home because you know he's coming from that point of like people, somebody that might have be on the fence. You know what I mean? And that was me. Like I told you, for thirteen years, mm-hmm. I, I was in that that space. You know yeah. what I mean? And now somebody who's only four years in, you know what I mean? Like it was still a great book to mm-hmm. like to look at me like, yeah, I mean, sometimes I do struggle with these things, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he, somebody he's just like me, I felt like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to read a case for Christ now, but it's good. Case for faith good. Is, was really good. I think, yeah, watching the movie is legit. Yeah. Um, but as just dealing with um family that that don't believe. I think one of the things that makes it hard too is they know your mistakes and they know your past and they know your weaknesses yeah. and your flaws. That's so true. And so I think what yeah. you do is you lean into those, yeah. right? And that also makes us relatable because we are. Like we are broken and we still messed up in so many ways. Yeah. And we've been going through the book of Corinthians and the church is messed up. It's just a messed up place. Yeah. And a lot of times we want to lead with, look how much I've been transformed by the gospel. And it's true. You have been. Yeah. At the same time, um, the thing that makes the gospel beautiful is the darkness of our sin, right? Like the gospel is good news and it's only good news because there's bad news. And the bad news is all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, All of us have denied God. All of us shake our fist at him. All of us run away from him. And, And because of that darkness in each and every one of us, that's what makes the light of the gospel shine so bright. Yeah. Um. I think of Romans 5, right? It says, For while we were still sinners, at the, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, for one will rarely die for a righteous person, scarcely. Yeah. Though perhaps for a good person, one might dare even to die. But God shows his love His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know? And I think that that's where I try to lead. That's where I always try to go with family members that might not believe in, in, in God. Yeah, And then... Just, just understanding, hey, Christ died while we we're still sinners. Because a lot of people have this idea that what you now believe in is obedience and God responds with blessing. Yeah, That's what a lot of people probably believe. That you're obedient and you did all these good things. You started going to church and now you're blessed. When actually the reality is, no, you're going in response to the blessing that God has already poured out. Yeah, The love he's already shown you, right? We love because he first loved us. Right. And that's, I think that's the part of the gospel that I'm still trying to figure out how to communicate that clearly to people that don't know Jesus. So sometimes what they're rejecting, ultimately they're rejecting Jesus and God if they don't believe, but what they're ultimately rejecting sometimes is a wrong view of the gospel. Mm. You know? That's heavy. You know? That's that's good. Isn't that true? Like they're rejecting, like when they tell me like, I don't believe it. I don't believe that, that, you know, God's (laughs) just going to bless you because you did Oh yeah, what you're rejecting is I reject what you reject. I don't like that either. Like that's not good news for me either. Because if if being a Christian was based on my performance, bro, I'm out. You know this. Yeah. We're in community group together. We are. We are. <laughs> you know this. And so it, that's not the good news of the gospel. And so I always, and I would just in, encourage people to kind of take that take that angle yeah. with it. You know, for sure. Especially when because you, when you're dealing with family, man, you're dealing with deep relationships and yeah. People you know, who know you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I knew you five years ago right. when you were in college. You know what I mean? <laughs> and oh boy. even the way Paul says to deal with fathers, right? He says, deal with older men as you would a father. Yeah. And so still remembering that, like, just I'm thinking about you and your dad. Yeah. Um. Uh, still remembering that there is a special relationship yeah. that between a father and a son. And so you don't share with your dad the same way that you share with one of the boys. Absolutely. You know, you share with respect and honor yeah. and, you st- and still dignity because he is your father. Yeah. You know, and like, I, yeah, I'm, that's cool, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I pray, I pray that, that they would come to believe, man, yeah. that you would have a great witness in their life. Yeah. Not, but just not a Jehovah's witness in their life. <laughs> Bro. They ever come knock on your door here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cool. Yeah. They're cool in a sense, like meaning like I, one of the things I appreciate about 
about them is their that they love they believe in what they believe in so strongly yeah that they're willing to go out knock on your door and knock on your door for it um i think james white says this he says what the cults would do for a lie christians wouldn't do for the truth Mm. (sighs) bro (laughs) we got the truth of the gospel but we're too dignified to go share it with people Jehovah's Witnesses knocking on doors. Knocking bro. on doors, right? They're knocking Putting on doors. Putting in that work. We disagree strongly, but they believe they believe what they believe and they're studying for yeah. it. You know, they're putting in hours. And so that's an encouragement to me to like, hey man, get your, read this book that God's given you. Yeah. You can understand this. God's given you the Holy Spirit. Yep. This isn't something that only like a special few scholars can understand. Yeah. No, God wrote, wrote it so we can understand it. So yeah, yeah. that's awesome, man. Any last words, thoughts? Not last words for your life, hopefully, but <laughs> any last thoughts? Again, I apologize for this. No, man. I'm so sorry. Hey, bro. I'm so sorry. I don't even have a rewards or nothing, oh, so I just had to straight you, up, you know, like... Just a, take an L, no points? Bro. Maybe I should, bro. One time, I, I got it. Sign up for the Starbucks. Bro, points, bro I so did I when bad. I was in New Orleans, and I didn't realize that when I got the card and the app that I was doing the auto thing for like 50 bucks every time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, bro... Why am I spending two hundred and fifty dollars at Starbucks? Uh, then you come to find out. Oh yeah, they're doing the auto thing. It's like wow. And you weren't. Even there goes two hundred fifty dollars. No, I was, but it's just like I didn't realize. I was. I was like probably going to Starbucks. You know, a couple times a month, buying it for me and the roommates or whatever. And be like, dang, dude, I just racked up almost three hundred dollars at Yo, Starbucks. Wow. That's bad. That's when you realize you got to bro. Bro, they got to go stream your song on iTunes so that you can get sixteen cents. <laughs> Dog. Come on, man. iTunes. Yeah. iTunes. I don't even know Chris if you Bokum. make money on Spotify. But yeah, Chris Bokum Band. Chris Bokum Band. Shameless plug. I don't even. Yeah, don't Dare even. me. That's a good song. I hate though. when they do that on podcasts. Like, all right, well, here's my tour dates. So shameless plug. Like, this is why I'm here. You know Dog, I mean? This is a shameless plug because we are in Christ and we are no longer ashamed. Yes, sir. We're no longer. We're unashamed mm, of the I need gospel Auntie of Donna Jesus Christ. We need Auntie Donna back here. Yes. We're unashamed <laughs> of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we make shameless plugs here. Shameless. Shameless. Mm. But yeah, man. Um, thank you so much for jumping thank on. You, Doug. Yeah, Love man. It. I appreciate you. I love it's been you. An honor. Yeah. Let's do it we gotta, again. We're doing it again. We're doing, it, we're doing again. it again. If you stay here long enough, we'll do it again. Oh, I'll be here. You're not leaving next month. No. I don't think. Lord. Praise God. Sick. All right, man. Thank Love you. Love you, man. Love appreciate you. Appreciate it.